What's up, everybody? It's Hambo. I'm going to go right into it. Um, I'm going to tackle Avengers Endgame spoiler version, because I think it's long about, it's been about, what, three weeks since the movie's been out? So yeah, this is more than due. Uh, and I'm going to go into my Game of Thrones spiel a little bit. Sorry it's been so long, but I'm not going to wallow in that anymore. I'm going to get right to it, give you a bit of a show. Review my review of Avengers Endgame. Um, I like the beginning, starting off with uh, the song, uh, Dear, uh, Dear, was it Dear Mr. Fantasy, something like that. And uh, gets you in a kind of a hopeful mood to start watching the movie and sets the tone just right. But, uh, you know, Tony's uh, he's in the ship, and we've seen this in the, the preview quite a bit. And he's running out of air. And it's good. They kind of, you know, they milk, milk it a little bit. He's, he's getting ready to die there. And then... Uh, Captain Marvel shows up. Now, everybody on here more or less knows how I feel about Captain Marvel. And, you know, I was expecting it to be hokier than, than what it was. I think, they, I think they did a decent job bringing her in to save Tony. However, there wasn't enough. I feel there's a deleted scene. Like, if I was Tony... Stark and I got saved by somebody, you know, a superhero from space like that. You would think there'd be a little bit more dialogue <laughs> back and forth. Um, there wasn't really much. They kind of cut, cut, got to it. Um, uh, you know, oh my gosh, I was there for so long and you saved me. How did you save me? Uh, how did you know to find me? That all that kind of stuff wasn't there, which was surprising. Um, there's a lot of things in the movie. There's a lot of different ways they could have approached this movie and, and done in this movie that they didn't do, but they do a lot of good things. And um, one of the things I thought was neat is that you know, when Robert Downey Downey comes back from space or whatever, he's uh, He's like lost, like I don't know, hundred pounds or something. They make him look. Either he lost the weight for the role for that part, or he, they did it with CG. But he looks thinner, and he's got a um, IV in him, like he's in the hospital and all that. Like he just got out of the hospital, or he's undergoing care because of the being in space for so long, and uh, and losing bone and muscle mass or whatever. Um, it was neat, though. I really, uh, I like that that aspect, and and Tony Stark was all frazzled, and he gets in a fight with Cap and all that, and he collapses. Um, my thoughts on on Captain Marvel, uh, Brie Larson, and you know she's not in the movie for very long, but she's in it for some effective scenes. Um, I'm, 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 I'm 
more or less, you know, it could have gone worse with her character in this movie after all the stupid things that she's been saying. <laughs> but I think the Russos made her look pretty good in this. And, she, you know, she's kind of a heavy and she helps out with her super strength holding down Thanos, you know, when they go find him. Um, very, very surprised at Thor, although I shouldn't be, at Thor chopping off Thanos' head in the beginning. And uh, it was just one of the heavier, uh, riskier things that they've done. It's just showed a death like that. And when you have an axe, you can, you can chop somebody's head off, which is awesome. Um, I'm all, I'm always a big fan, and uh, uh, you know, uh, decapitation, whether it's in comics or uh, movies, <laughs> it's just fun. <laughs> it's just sick fun. Um, yeah, so the movie gets going. Ant Man shows up. You know, you're kind of out of the loop if you haven't watched Ant Man and the Wasp, but I did. And I rented it and all that, and that, that was good. And, you know, the quantum realm in this wasn't, it still wasn't really as deeply as, as explored as I thought they were going to do. It's kind of still kind of touched on, you know, and it's like they didn't really quite go deep enough. You know, I like in Doctor Strange how when Doctor Strange goes like to the astral realm or whatever, they show all these really uh, Steranko-inspired backgrounds and psychedelic images and all that. That's really neat. Um, Ant-Man needed a chance to do something like that in the quantum realm. But anyway, actually, I like... I am skipping over the beginning of the movie. The beginning of the movie starts strong and realistic. Where Hawkeye... <laughs> You know, showing his daughter how to pl how to shoot, or giving her tips when she's a practicing shooter, shooting her bow and arrow, and and just doing that, and enjoying his family and all that before they get destroyed and blown away in ashes. I thought that was a, a good lead up, and it's like you, this is this is strong. This is going to be a strong, good movie. Most of the movie, about forty five minutes of it. <laughs> Are the characters talking to each other in mostly medium medium close ups to close ups? Um, a lot of medium close ups in this. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan. I like it. It's just I was kind of surprised. Well, I'm always surprised at the amount of swearing, and I'm not saying I'm just trying to be like, you know, how dare they have all this swearing? I don't I don't care at all. I, I, it's great. I, I'm still surprised by the amount of swearing. It's, it's <laughs> Um, so yeah, there's a lot of good character development, uh, jokes back and forth, you know, Hulk has combined Mark Ruffalo's, uh, you know, Hulk is like the, the smart Hulk in this, and he combined Banner with Hulk, and that's cool, I just kind of wish they showed some of the development, how, like how he did that, maybe show a, a scene or two, maybe a a minute scene, minute or two scene of him, how he 
he he was able to talk the Hulk into combining his mind into it, so they became one person. Because that's really missing. There's, if I had to sum up a lot of things like in this movie, it's like there's a lot that's missing. Um, uh, a lot of opportunities they could have taken, but they didn't because. You know, it's a three-hour-long superhero movie, and they they kind of wanted to cut to the important things in it, and I I get that. So I'm looking forward to the DVD version of it. But when I went to go see the movie, I, I might have covered this in the, the other spoiler-free review. Wasn't able to get to the, the 3D IMAX, but I would have loved to see the 3D IMAX version because. But the only thing is that they only have one showing of that a day. So if you don't make that time, you're up a creek. Second time I was able to go see it IMAX. That was great. <laughs> Sorry. It's spring. <laughs> it's spring and spring has sprung. And that means sneezing season. I'll touch on some other things. I love Rocket in this. He's in, in top form. I love the outfit Rocket's got in. I think it's the, the the one from the comic there. The blue suit with the the red scarf or whatever. That's that's really neat. Um, I quite liked it. Really funny. I mean, the second time I watched the movie, I realized how how much uh, Rocket has an important role in this one, and how much uh, how. His emotions and his jokes really carry a lot of it. Um, Karen Gillan, she's great in this. Like they say, she really carries a lot of the movie too, because a lot of it's on her. A lot of this is on her is on her character, and um, she meets her her, her past self, and she has to kind of, you know, uh, try to overcome her past self. Which is her more evil self? Um, no, it, it it's neat. It's neat. Um, one one of the complaints is I had is that you don't see the rest of the superheroes till the last fifteen minutes of the movie uh, towards the big fight. But it's it's a powerful. It's a good one. But I felt like man, I wish they were kind of in it a little bit earlier. We get a lot of a little bit more of those heroes towards the end, but they're really thrown in towards the end. Um. All right. Um. So we'll talk about uh, Vold Voldemort, Voldemir, or whatever the planet. Um, that Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch are on. That was a great scene. That was a great scene. I was uh, really blown away about, <sighs> and didn't expect, you know, those two characters, you know, to go through sacrificing themselves. Although you, I'm thinking, well, I guess they have to do it once you get to that point where it's like, well, yeah, you have to. Something's got to happen for in order to get that soul stone. And I'm thinking, oh yeah, because I think part of it was like. Well, they're not, you're thinking father and daughter because of the the first one, but like they don't they're not related, or and so you're thinking so nothing's gonna happen. But no, they yeah you're they're there, they have to get the stone, and that's what they have to do. They gotta kill one or the other per 
one or the other. And that, that, that's such a good, interesting thing that no, not a lot of movies ha have explored that. Like, if you had to sacrifice yourself, how would you decide who gets to sacrifice themselves in order to save the universe? I mean, that's, that's great stuff. Um, and I, I don't remember that being in, in the comic, actually, you know, the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, in fact, I, I kind of want to reread Infinity Gauntlet now because Infinity Gauntlet, the comic's so good. I mean, they're, they're, they're different. But and and they're they're good. I mean, this is good, and the movies are really good. But they're kind of different things in a way. Um, definitely, the comic was even more ambitious in scope, where the comic wanted Thanos took on uh, the Living Tribunal, and he took on Eternity, and he took on a lot bigger forces than than you can see in this one. In the movie, you know. If you really think about the power of the Infinity Stones, um, really, he could really uh, just—he could have just killed all the event, killed all the Avengers with a snap of his finger, you know. And he, you know, in the first one where he was like taking down Groot and taking down, punching Captain America out and uh, throwing uh, War Machine around, scrunching up his armor, really, he didn't have to do all that. He could just snap his fingers and they're dead. Not even that. Because um, he controls reality. <laughs> I mean, when you control reality, shit. I mean, what's anybody going to do? So, really, he was just kind of having fun with it. He was just putting on a show. That's what he was doing. Putting on a show for them. And doing a dance. And same in the comics, too. Because there's a fight and everything with Thanos, but it's like really he's just he doesn't really need to fight the superheroes. He's just he's just gotta like use the reality stone and they're all dead. But what fun would that be? We want fights in our comics and in our movies. Um I've really enjoyed how hard hitting Thanos was in the fight scene in this one. Really when he really has to kick some ass. Like he is highly motivated because he is hundred percent into his cause. Like uh what do you call him? like a like a radical terrorist or something like that. He's just he totally believes in his cause after his even seeing his own death. So yeah, it's a the Thanos in the comic is slightly different. Whereas the one in that one, he's more egotistical. He's more grinning, uh, gleefully evil villain, and he wants to impress death. It's more about him getting off to showing death what he can do. It's more of a selfish um, goal that he has. And, and that make to me... That makes a slightly different character. I think that's what they're kind of trying to go for earlier in the MCU, with the uh, uh, after after uh, you know after the end credits and all that, and you see Thanos and he's grinning and all that. Um, 
I think they changed it when they actually went sat down to write in Infinity War. They kind of tweaked his character to be more sympathetic or, or understandable, I guess. Um, whereas I think if Thanos was doing it all to, for a girl, even if that's the girl's death, um, people would be like, oh, really? Come on. Um, but I think they could have done that and gotten away with it, really. Um, it's kind of a cheesier motivation, but it works. I think it kind of works for me. They both work. I mean, this is a good motivation, too, in the movie. So I, I think they're both really good. Um, gosh, the twist at the end. The twist at the end with Captain America being living his life and being an old man. To me, that was like a what-if um, kind of story scenario. What if Captain America lived his life out, you know, and came back as an old man? And, uh, and that's, that part of that is from the comic. So I'm not sure if it was a what-if scenario. I think it might have been part of the real continuity. So I'll have to research that now. Really neat. It felt very Harlan Ellison. It felt very, you know, uh, Alan Moorish, I guess, to have Captain America kind of go back in time and live out his life dancing with his, uh, with his girlfriend there. And um, I was wondering, I mean, how they were going to connect that, you know, if they were ever going to bring her back in any way. But uh, pretty cool, and pretty cool considering that she had her TV, sh uh, Agent Carter uh, TV show. I'm curious to watch that now, because it, it's cool that they had a character from that TV show in, in the movie, like the original Jarvis, I guess. I liked the, the Back to the Future stuff. I thought it was fun. Uh The references were fun. The Back to the Future stuff was neat. Um, Captain America fighting Captain America was great. And showing Robert Redford again. Um, it kind of was like the greatest hits of the last few Avengers movies. Um, seeing Michael Douglas de-aged again in the long hair. Uh, that was cool. Um, Tony meeting his dad. That was good because that ties up that. Um, there's a lot of payoffs as uh, compared to uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> okay. Um, boy, talk about an Endgame. Talk about Endgame coming out alongside Game of Thrones Endgame. You know, that's so weird. You know, it's so weird that they came out so close to each other. I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, what's his name didn't come uh, come back. Vision didn't come back, at least not yet. So it was it was a, like wow, the first Avengers Infinity War was a downer. Endgame was kind of a downer too, because we have the death of Scarlet Witch and we have the death of Tony Stark. Um. Yeah, I was it was. Gr both deaths were performed really well, uh, but Tony's Tony's just sad. Um, it's kind of like we get Tony died almost twice because in the first one at the end of uh, Infinity War, 
Tony kind of gets stabbed real bad, so he's basically just about to die. So that was pretty sad. Um, but I think what's great about both Infinity War and Endgame, it kind of shocks everybody because we get used to the superheroes winning all the time. Just like Bond. Bond wins all the time. Well, even Bond loses a girl, a wife, I know, in, the, in her Magistrate's Secret Service, his wife gets shot after he marries her. You know, just at his, after his wedding, she gets shot um, by Blofeld or whatever. And so that was a that was a that was a sad ending to a Bond movie. And uh, same with Infinity War, um, it was a sad ending, and where the heroes didn't necessarily win. And I think that's good for the for the genre. You know, um, I'll talk about that on <laughs> Game of Thrones. I'll talk about that too. Um, I'm going to wrap this up, but I'm trying to think what else. Saw two times. Shoot, the more I talk about this, I might go see it a third time. Spent $14 on popcorns, kids. That's a lot. So much I had to put on my credit card. <laughs> That's just too damn much money for pop and popcorn. Small version of both of them. Gosh, damn. But it was a special occasion. So that's like the only time I'll get popcorn and pop is if it's a really cool movie I've been looking forward to. I really want to indulge and be gluttonous. I'll get the pop and the popcorn, you know. But, uh, yeah, I deeply enjoyed it. It wasn't perfect. There was a very forced... Uh, Avengers, uh, female Avengers moment where it was very, took me out of the movie because it was so forced where they kind of slow it down and the camera is like looking at each female uh, superhero as they all just happen to be in the same spot uh, next to each other. I'm like, that's too much posing, too much fan service, too heavy-handed, too everything. Um, Wasp is strutting strutting so much with her woman the with the woman power there <laughs> like wow guys you didn't have to go that far like subtle subtlety subtlety less is kind of more sometimes and uh so i had to deduct kind of a point from that uh and another one was captain marvel being uh you know, the hand of God in a way, where it's like nothing can, can beat her, and she comes in and she kind of turns the tide a bit. Although she's a powerful character, I get it. But, uh, uh, what was that? Uh, Deus, Deus Ex Machina? Or, what, she definitely is that in this. Although, again, I think she holds her own acting. She's a good actress in this. I didn't see Captain Marvel. I don't know how, I, I, you know, she seemed wooden in that movie from what I saw in the trailer. So in this, she was, she was okay. Um, although she is kind of, there's hints of arrogance to her. And I love that Rocket puts her in her place a little bit. Says, oh, what'd you get? It come back with a new haircut? You know, and you, <laughs> excuse me, I thought that was good. Um, and she does, she gets the shorter hair. 
and she looks very good. But anyway, um, I like the whole the whole ending. There's a funeral for Tony. Tony, of course, he's a hologram. Uh, he gives his little eulogy a little bit to his family, and uh, and yeah, there's some sadness. I really loved how uh, the actors autographed uh, their portraits at the end. Really well done there. Um, I love the Stanley cameo. Uh, make love, uh, not war, or make peace, not war, something like that. I think it was make love, not war. Uh, very sad to know that he's only got so many more cameos left to go. Um, the Fat Thor. Fat Thor. I'll have to agree with what a lot of people are saying that Thor shouldn't have been fat for the whole thing. Maybe for a, a little bit there, but I think it was kind of a joke that went on too long. Now that being said, Lebowski Thor. <laughs> it was great that they mentioned Lebowski in it, but Lebowski Thor. Uh, he still kept it together. And at at the end for the fight, and he, it's, he still kind of pulls it off. Um, <laughs> I like the braided beard and everything. That he gets struck by lightning, his his whole beard gets automatically braided and all that. And yeah, it was it was. Um, I quite liked it. I quite enjoyed uh, him. I'm a big fan of Chris Hemsworth now. Um, <laughs> He knows how to joke around. He knows how to have a good time. He knows how to interview. And, uh, yeah. Um, but I, I do think that the Fat Thor thing kind of went on a little too long. A little too, mu little too much. A little, little, too, little bit too much indulging. But, okay. So I took away one point. That's basically a 9, nine out of 10 movie. Very enjoyable. Very well, for the most part, very well written. Everyone did a great job. Everyone brought their A game. Um, but again, the A Force, heavy handed, no thanks. Don't force that stuff like that. Don't do it like that. And I'm also deducting part of the point is because there's so much more they could have done with it. I thought there were some things that maybe they could have edited, they could have cut some of the talking scenes a bit. I, it's not like I didn't enjoy the talk, talking scenes. When I went to go see this movie at the premiere, I heard a guy snoring through a lot of the first 40 minutes. And so, yeah. I mean, there you go. So, yeah, 9 out of 10 Avengers Endgame spoiled. All right. So I waited long, more than long enough. There's plenty of reviews on YouTube talking about Endgames with the... Spoilers, so there you go. Now, that being said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over my Game of Thrones. This is a double banger episode. My Game of Thrones review. Um, I'm not the biggest, hugest fan of the Game of Thrones. I have watched the first episode. I, got, I watched the first one when it came out. I didn't need to be talked into watching the first one. But I did need to be talked into keep you know watching the further episodes because the first season, um, it it it's, it was hard to 
to get into for me for some reason. I think a lot of it was because there's so many characters. Um, and the characters were, at, at that time, I thought they weren't developed enough. Um, they weren't interesting enough. They are kind of bland in a way. But it's the first season, so... But I did like Tyrion. You know, he's witty. He had the good lines in it. Um, so I had one character that I liked. Jon Snow seemed very 2D to me, two-dimensional. And it took a long time for me to really enjoy his character. He definitely earned um, the respect of, of, the view, of the viewers as the show went on and, and weaved good, interesting uh, storylines um, to the show. I think the show has a lot of good mini stories in it. I think a lot of some of the stories are told better than the finale and have more emotional uh, depth to them, like Battle of the Bastards. Um, there's a lot of mini stories in the series that stand out um, and have kind of beginning, middles, and ends. Um, you know, there's a lot of reviews out there right now. I will say this. Uh, Daenerys, when she had the, the advantage and she had the dragon, I think it would have been a much better show if they had subverted expectations like they like to do so much. And instead of Daenerys, like, uh, just killing everyone and, you know, eventually killing uh, uh, the queen, she should have just took the dragon and gone straight for the queen in the tower to go straight at her. Now, now, if she had done that and just fried the tower where Cersei was standing, that would have been such a great emotional payoff because it would have shown that she's not going to burn the whole town alive. She's going to be smarter than that. And she's just going to take down Cersei. Boom. With the dragon. Go right to it. Um, the only thing is that Cersei would have had the advantage of seeing her coming. And uh, she still had the zombie uh, mountain there. And I'm sure he would have done something, maybe thrown some kind of spear at the last moment at the dragon, you know. But to me, that that would have been a better move than her nuking everybody. And because uh, that was that was a really long sequence of uh, of everyone just getting uh, just mauled by fire. It was a well done sequence. It felt very realistic to me. Like, if this thing existed, this dragon existed, it would probably go down like that. Um, also interesting that the dragon was really into it. <laughs> the dragon was doing its dragon thing, you know. Um, but yeah, the six episodes, they started slow. It took them a while to get going. And again, the episodes didn't feel long enough. They felt maybe slightly longer, by five or ten minutes, some of them, but not all of them. Um, uh, the, the White Walkers and all that, invading finally, I thought that was stupendous. 
That was a, I thought that was a great episode. There's a lot of complaining that the CG wasn't on point and it was too dark. And I, I agree. It was Some of the scenes were too dark. Um, some of the camera work did get a little Jason Bourne-ish where it got a little too shaky. Um, but I think overall I enjoyed that episode quite a bit. In fact, in fact, that probably could have been a two-parter episode. And that could have been towards the end. Uh, like the before the the very last episode. Or really, they could have had, I don't know. I, I just think that the importance of them defending the White Walkers and all that from uh, Westeros um, would have been more interesting. Like if they, they had all had had to unite over um, killing uh, the White Walkers and uh, keeping everyone from becoming a zombie, that trumps oh, the, little, the, the, the drama between Cersei and Daenerys and all that. They would have had to unite just to defeat that that zombie horde, because once after that's all done with the the Night King or whatever that guy was, it just becomes more drama. It just it's like okay, back to the drama of she did this to me. I got to take her out, um, and it's like now they do pump that up quite a bit, but it's like man, you guys just survived a zombie horde. Do you not realize that? And that's been building up over the whole eight seasons. Like, how do you, you can't just come down to like getting back in it. You're forever changed by a situation like that. That's like an, an incredibly traumatic experience to go. It's like a they went through like a World War, like a Beaches of Normandy kind of um, scenario where it's like, I think they would probably like. Be like, let's put our petty differences away. Let's just not get into, into dramas of like, oh, she, Sansa doesn't like me now. After all that, you're going to go back to complaining that fast about someone not treating you like a queen after you guys just survived the undead trying to destroy and kill everybody and make them undead. That's so crazy. It just, yeah, it just didn't make sense. Story wise or emotional wise, emotionally wise, it, it rung untrue. Um, yeah, yeah. So a lot of it comes down to the talk of them, D and D, Dave and Dan, uh, just wanting to get onto Star Wars and wrap it up, and that's a shame. And and I think the point is, we're all really responsible. If you have a story and you have a captive captive audience, huge captive audience like that, um, you have to kind of give the audience audience some respect and and treat the, the story and give it your best and give it your all because it's important. You're contributing to the pop culture and you're you're putting out a message to a huge amount of people. And what that message is. It's important. It's important to our, our culture, and it's bigger than you realize. So you have a responsibility to put out a message that's important. Now, the message, it's almost like a nihilism. But maybe not, because a good person is on the throne. But at the same time, it's business as usual. You know, the monarchy stays in play. 
Um, and Jon Snow kind of gets, you know, he doesn't he doesn't get a good payoff really, and he comes back like almost like with his tail between his legs. Um, it's very bitter, bittersweet, and and the 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 guy with the beard, the uh, <laughs> you know the guy with the beard, um, the wildling has a lot wildlings area. He's like looks at Jon Snow like really, this is. Wow, you really know nothing, Jon Snow. You really do know nothing, and <laughs> and Jon's all happy because he's back. And uh, but it's like you know, gosh, it, 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 like you're gonna end the show on the bearded guy looking all disappointed at Jon Snow. Like really, it's almost like it's almost like they need an episode between those two guys just to rectify all that. So I don't know how I really feel about the show as a whole because of that, how it ends. You, you do have to stick the landing. And it does seem like the longer a story goes, long, goes on, the harder it is to, st- to stick the landing. Um, and But Dave and Dan should have put their feet down and said, look, this is probably the most important thing we'll do uh, in our careers. So let's give it. Oh, we got. Um, I love the acting in this in the last episode. I love the the dragon acting. The CG was was awesome there, and, and once it found out that um, you know Daenerys got killed by Jon Snow, it kind of went up and it freaked out at him, but it couldn't kill him. It couldn't kill him. Uh, it burned down the uh, the throne chair, which I loved. That scene I really loved, because that needed to be done. <laughs> that dragon was a smart little smart dragon, man, and uh, picked up Daenerys and flew off with her, which is a very poetic ending uh, and, and to her character and everything. I really enjoyed that visual. Um, but yeah, Jon Snow kind of loses, but he does the right thing. That's foreshadowed because he's had to put some other people to death that he, he liked or didn't want to. And I, that's what's interesting because Jon Snow is kind of a pure character and does the right thing, but he's forced to do nasty things once in a while. And that's that's kind of what that show is. It's like people that have to do nasty things to somebody or nasty things are done upon them. And it's just so brutal. I mean, there's so many really brutal things in the show you want it to be justified at the end. Like, uh, why? Well, I watched all that heavy, gory, terrible hum- human nature stuff. But what you're just going to tell me, it's like it all means nothing. It, it's all... It's just always a power grab, and it's always going to be that, that way. It's like, I don't know if that's a great message to put out there. I think you should put some kind of positivity in there. There is a little bit. They're putting a, a good guy on the throne, even if he's kind of boring. And it, even if he's like, uh, even Bran is, is like, I don't feel that he had much of a payoff with the whole Three-Eye Raven thing. I thought there was going to be a bigger payoff for his character. Um, yeah, and he hasn't had much screen time the past couple seasons, really. Um, the, the most I remember him for is the beginning of the show, and any anything with Hodar, um, and talk about Hodar. 
that whole Hodar story, <laughs> that's a whole, that was a whole neat story in itself. So I do award the show points um, for having a lot of cool mini stories within its whole story, epic story arc. So um, I'm going to have to give the whole show, I'll give, I'll give it an 8 out of 10. Um, I give the finale 7 out of 10, where it's just good enough, just good enough to watch it and get some enjoyment out of it. But, you know, you got three stars to go to 10 on that finale. Like, that's, that, that's like Van Helsing level, where it's, it's just entertaining enough to watch and be somewhat involved. And there were, I mean, I, hey, I was with it when Jon Snow put the knife in Daenerys. I mean, that's an emotional thing. But I'm saying there could have been more opportunities they could have taken uh, to do more things. And I don't, I don't get the whole dude, the, the whole, the guy that uh, slept with Cersei, he had this whole big thing. It's like, I got to have sex with her. And I gotta get her pregnant and all that. Like, what was his whole deal? Like, I didn't think there was much to him, or uh, I just didn't get what they were trying to do with him so much. Besides, be a two two D dimensional baddie. Um, and how does Jamie Lannister survive that fight? By the way, how do you survive a whole sword going in your side like that and walk away from it? I mean. Uh, he even says, like, I got you. It's like, you, you did get him. It looked pretty bad. And, and Jamie Lannister walked away from that? Come on. Also, Cersei went down by a bunch of bricks. And someone pointed out on YouTube, all you had to do is step five feet to the left and you would have avoided those. <laughs> they should have had the whole ceiling come down, you know. But really, that's kind of a lame way to go. It's like you want Cersei to at least do battle with somebody. Um, have some better dialogue than she did. She didn't really have much dialogue. Um, anyway, that's about all I can think to, to talk about with this. I want to wrap it up. 42 minutes, one of my longer episodes. It is a double banger. Avengers Endgame. And Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones Endgame, pretty much. <laughs> Amazing they came out next to each other like that. Um, Game of Thrones... A lot of people are upset. They're upset that the payoff wasn't that great. So there's some hardcore fans that they're like, screw this, I'm never going to watch another show, or I'm never going to watch this show over again. Like I said, there's a lot of cool, good stories in Game of Thrones that kind of resolve themselves. And it's kind of like there's a lot of good little short stories in it. Overall, as a whole piece... I kind of I think it just misses the market mark a little bit, it, and that makes it like really kind of unsatisfying. It pisses me off that they couldn't buckle down and give us the best possible ending that they could have. It's like that. I understand why people are ticked because you want greatness when you you have so many great stories earlier in it. You want the show to end on a great note, and uh, it's taken us all on a journey. We've all had to watch this stuff. We've all had to get HBO. Otherwise, spoilers are all over the place. A lot like Walking Dead. 
and uh, well, that's Walking Dead's a whole other story. And uh, yeah, it's dragged us along. And uh, is fantasy better for it or worse for it? I think probably better for it because it shows you that fantasy can be more adult. And uh, I've always believed that. I've always been a big fantasy fan. I'm going to wrap it up. It's getting close to 3 o'clock. There you go, guys. Uh, may you have, all have long days and pleasant nights. Looking forward, looking forward to an even better series. Um, the Dark Tower series being made by Amazon. Really, really. To me, that'll trump Game of Thrones. If done right, if done correctly. All right, guys. Long days and pleasant nights.